the month, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, Son of man, set thy face against Pharaoh king of Egypt and prophesy against him and against all Egypt. Speak and say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, Pharaoh king of Egypt the great dragon that lieth in the midst of the rivers which have said my river is my own and I have made it for myself hallelujah you may be seated At this point in time, Ezekiel was undergoing tutelage in prophetic prayer. Prophetic prayers are prayers that are motivated by revelation. All across scriptures, we have different motivations for prayer. The book of Psalms 103, And thou shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion. For the time to favor her, yea, the said time is come. We can see that the psalmist in that scripture was motivated to pray because he had an understanding of the timing. You can be motivated to pray because a desire is quickened inside of you. You can be motivated to pray because you have found a scripture that has afforded you a passage from your present dilemma. But in prophetic prayer, it is established upon a revelation that is granted. And in order to function effectively in this kind of prayer, you need to be taught. And it happens to be that Ezekiel's teacher in this regard was God himself. I'd like us to pick some points in the lecture. We'll do a prayer, then I invite God's servant. He will take us in the prayer and conclude the prayer time. Then we can go and prepare for the evening session. Are you still with me? I say, are you with me? And one of the ingredients that we can draw from this scripture 
is a solemn instruction that was given to the prophet as regards his posture and orientation in engaging this kind of prayer. Amen? First of all, you know, there were many names that God called people. Sometimes he can call you friend. Hallelujah. Many ways that God can address a man, can address a people. But within the context of tutelage in prophetic prayer, Ezekiel was addressed as son of man. Hallelujah. You know, it's a call to prayer. What we are doing is not, this is prayer. Hmm? It's a prayer meeting. In a prayer meeting, we must, we can plan that we are planning to stop by one. Alright, okay. And then, the prayer power, that is the Holy Ghost, can change that plan. Because we know not how to pray as we ought. So maybe what we measured out was not sufficient. And if we can give him <laughs> room, he can extend it to the extent that is required to perform what we seek. Amen? Amen. Even though we intend to close by one, but we are not. We didn't take an oath. Amen. Amen. Now, God addressed the prophet as what? Son of man. That, that, there is an insight that is captured around that address. Son of man. Every time you see that word, son of man, is actually a representative among men. A man that stands out to represent his family. He can, call, he can be called or addressed as the son of the family. Are you with me? In a particular family, it's not everybody that can represent them. That individual that has the authority to represent a people, a family, is the son of that family. Normally when we conduct weddings, we request that a representative of the bride's family will come and give us some statements. Alright? Whether or not all the rights pertaining to that particular marriage were conducted in the traditional setting. It's not everybody that can talk that day. Even though there are many people that are from that family that are present. It is a son of that family. The representative of that family. He's, he carries the, the, the interest of the family. He carries the blessing of the family. And he speaks the mind of the family. Now if that guy comes up on that wedding morning and says that the traditional rites were not concluded. In fact, there is a great contention in the family on the account of these proceedings that we have put in place. 
we will not have to go and interview other people in the family to find out if what he said was true. Because he's what? He's the son of the family. Now, so in this context, just like in the house of rep, all the regions of the country are represented in the greenhouse. If it happens to be that the house of rep the personality that represents your own constituency is always sleeping in the house. <laughs> He's the bearer of the interests of that part of the country. But when it matters for him to stand and talk, because I expect that people that are representatives from this particular region should besiege the greenhouse and besiege the red house. And compel them to turn interest in this direction. That is the expectation. So a son of man can actually decide to sell a people out. And it will be binding. In fact, in order for them, they can carry it out without consulting you that you have been sold. He knows what he's carrying. And on the strength of what he's carrying, he can transact without your knowledge. And so the first thing that we see is that Ezekiel was addressed by God as son of man. I hope you know that Jesus too was addressed as son of man. In that con and that's Luke's rendering. That was Luke's way of identifying Jesus. Because the book of Luke is the book of the universal grace of God. The book of Luke reveals to us the extent to which God can go to bring salvation and deliverance. The book of Luke reveals that God can save to the uttermost. And in order for him to perform such salvation, it is based on the work of a personality. And that personality was addressed in that book as what? So it's the representative of the human race. And because he carried our burdens upon him, he shaped our destinies even without our notice. In order for you to pray a prophetic prayer, you must be representing a people. That means God will be giving you revelations that are not particularly only relevant to you, but revelations that are particularly relevant to the people that you represent. In fact, if God gives you such a revelation, it means that he is saying to you that you are son of man. Because that revelation is a revelation of a land or a nation. He considers you a representative of that particular people. And that was why those kind of what of revelations are coming to you now you see revelations in this regard are actually responsibilities not pictures hallelujah so it's a son of man so that's the name of responsibility you are going to be at the burden of the people that you represent 
and you will bear that burden and you will not keep quiet when it matters most. Especially when you are in the house and there is trouble in your land. The son of man there will do what? Will cry out. And so there are responsibilities that you are supposed to carry out as a son of man. For some of us, your scope of operation has been your family for a long time. A time comes when God increases your scope, your context, and your reach. And so when he addresses you, he addresses you beyond the scope that you used to operate before. And the measure, are you with me? The measure of God's perspective of your life part time is dependent on the kind of insights and revelations that concern a people that he commits to you. So tell your neighbor, son of man. Now, you see, that address means different things to different of us. Son of man to you might mean on a family scope. Son of man to another person might mean national scope. Son of man to another person might be like Reinhard Bonke might mean global, not international, global scope. Because even the children of the bond woman resort to some of these people for prayers and counsel many more times than you, than you know. People like Benihim, they invite them to Saudi Arabia to meet with impossible people that you don't... Some of them died. Some of them will sponsor Islam, pioneer it. When they are about to die, they will call Benihim to help them. So you will find strange men in heaven. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> strange people. I don't want to go into these details. They will do all those things and then when they are on the sick bed and they are packing up, the leg is paralyzed now. Only the head can move. They say, Go on. Go on, call. That's the first thing. We must come to that point in the body of Christ where what we, our size is more than one man. Our size covers a mighty landscape. You know, we don't like responsibility in the body of Christ. We just like me get a car and all of that oh, can you ride a car when there are full of people on the road <laughs> now i'm saying this to destroy the perspective of some people about themselves the lord will help us in jesus name Second thing he said, he says, set thy face. When you have understood that in this matter there is responsibility and every vision that you capture has pedestaled you as a man that is responsible for a people. Then he now teaches you what we call the setting of face. Now according to our design by God, we have binocular vision. And binocular vision in simple biology means that the position of our eyes is such that we can only see 180 degrees 
to the side and to the front. Am I making sense? Binocular vision. That means if we focus on something, we are going to be blind to many things. But for a goat, his eyes are here. He can see 360 degrees. That's why it's, if, it's better to catch a goat in the morning. You don't have much chances. You, you only see like this. He is also seeing. <laughs> and you need at least three people to trap a goat down because his vision is better than yours. Now, in application, what I mean by that is when you are addressing or praying according to prophetic insight, this is how it is done. You set your face on the subject matter. That means it's an emergency situation. You can afford to shelve all other matters you were addressing before this time so that you can have what? The opportunity to it is not out of place for you to be blind to the issue that you need promotion. It's very important. Promotion in the office. But when it comes to the issues of prophetic prayers, prayers that God invites you into by giving you a vision, a dream, a revelation, that one surpasses your, your quest for promotion. So at that point, it is required of you to set promotion aside so that you can do what? Set your... Now, many people have not been able to succeed in achieving the set face because they believe that God is owing them. He's owing me a wife. Owing me something. And so, when a vision is inviting you into setting your face. Your face cannot be set. As you are looking here, you now shift and say, but the promotion. Uh, you cannot contend spiritually and make meaningful progress in spiritual matters if you don't understand the principle of setting the face. You are going to be blind to many things in order for you to do what? Set the face. Meanwhile, I don't want you to think that it's out of place for you to pray for your personal need. There is something called the prayer of petition. I'm not using this to overrule anything. I'm just telling you that in addition to the fact that there is petition, whenever you are invoked into this kind of prayer by the Lord through a revelation, your petitions are suspended at that time. So that you can achieve binocular vision. Set thy face. Now, this setting of face is a posture of alertness that requires the alignment of spirit, soul, and body. Now, it is possible for you to be in some kind of prayer and maybe not go with your mind. Some people can just be praying. Like sometimes in the office, you can be praying and attending to office jobs. That means your mind is in the office job, but your spirit is praying. It's possible. 
for you to do that. It's possible for you to be in a bus and you are praying in tongues quietly in the bus as you are traveling. I do that a lot because I travel a lot and you have three hours to spend on the road. You have to entertain yourself. Especially if the car man is playing some music that is not within context. You create your own entertainment from within. Hallelujah. Now, but you know that except you become deep in the spirit, you will not have 100% concentration in that context. But you see, if you are going to do prophetic praying, you need 100% concentration. You need spirit, you need your soul, and you need your body. To be in perfect alignment. And that is one of the demands of binocular vision. Setting your face. Your spirit must be alert. Because we must understand something quickly here today. Spiritual warfare does not end with praying. Amen? No, it doesn't end with praying. Spiritual warfare ends in wisdom. That was why I was, I didn't want to obstruct you. Our warfare, if it's genuine, must build up to a level where God instructs on an, a prophetic instruction, an instruction that came from God. We don't have all the mnemonics and mathematics to explain why that instruction came and how that instruction is related to the matter. That is wisdom at work. That's what we call the gift of the word of wisdom. It should manifest if we are in warfare. Hallelujah. For instance, the axe head is sinking and a prophet brings something that normally floats by the word of wisdom and he throws it into the water. The thing that normally floats began to sink and the axe head that normally sinks began to float. That's word of wisdom. Now, but if the guy is carrying the stuff that flows and is throwing it in, it doesn't look doesn't look intelligent. Because based on the principle of uptrust, what he's trying to do is foolish. But he said that is wisdom at work. Are you with me? Another time where the gift of word of wisdom was operated is in the book of Acts chapter of the apostles chapter 6. And there was a temptation for the apostles to now come into administrative ministry business. And they saw that it was not good. It was by the gift of word of wisdom that they came up with the insight of setting up the deacons. That's how spiritual warfare is one. There is a prophetic instruction that is given. It doesn't end with prayer. Keep praying until that instruction comes. Are you with me? You know, the devil is very consistent. So the reason why we need that alertness is so that our minds can be set and the possibility of receiving that instruction can come. Are you there? Now, you know when that flood came up, I was in Lagos, and they were giving me feedback from here. And they said, Pastor, that river is about to come into 
You know, there's a big canal here, and it was filled up. In fact, this place became a refugee camp. We have to pack out people, stay, you know, and all of that. And I had a dream. And in the dream, I removed my sandals and entered into the river and spoke to it. Go back to where you are coming from. That's a prophetic instruction. That is the result of warfare prayer. That's how it should come up. When you were led by God to go to some places, you used to see yourself there. It's intense setting of face that produces that kind of wisdom. And you know when you went there, you know some things happen. It must happen. Some things that affected the whole city happened just because some people took prophetic it's when those things happen that you now discover the power that was at work when you were going to those places and praying. So warfare does not end with prayer. It ends with what? With wisdom. And if you are not, if your face is not set and the alignment between your spirit, soul and body is not in place, you will not be alert enough to receive the killer instruction. Are you with me? On campus, one of those times, we were tired of playing host to beer parlors that were coming. One was USA Sport. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> one, in fact, they put one on the tower. It was Black Temple with, with uh, red curtains up there. That one, India Ham too, was part of the delicacies that could be accessed. And we were on campus. Then they put one again, stop over. Stop over. That means in the midst of the busy day. Oh my. <laughs> and gradually our campus was becoming a, a beer campus. You know we have beer parlor. It was beer parlor before. Then beer garden. They plant a whole garden. And it's beer garden. And then they were now moving to beer campus. So we now say no. We set our face. And while we're praying, inside came and God said we should go to all the spots where the beer palace were and we should fetch the sand and cause that sand. It looks stupid, have you? In fact, the effect of that prayer was so fast that stop over. We did it in the night. Stop over close in the morning. We did USA export one week. The finances began to drop. They now brought Reverend Father to bless the place. He put pure water. Uh, okay, holy. Okay. And the pure water mixed with our prayer and he made it more potent. No beer parlor survived till we left. We didn't need to redo it. Once we had done that, something was set in motion that was against beer parlors. And that thing was so intense that it remained until we left. I don't know about now, but we didn't host beer parlors till we left. Courtism was on the rise in the place of prayer. 
we were giving some instructions and I prophesied because we were gra graduating then that just like the dry season withers grass the dry season of courtism has come and it will wither so we now went to camp we were on camp when they came and killed one courtist on campus in broad daylight shot him he died the guys that shot him wanted to run through they caught one killed that one one now escaped so when that guy was going for they were going for his barrier all the courtists wore black so the cameraman he filmed their face very well when you see this one we zoom that was how they expelled all <laughs> there was a tape you know they used to hide in the night we don't know them but that day there was close range captures and they spared all of them and the campus was saved so spiritual warfare does not end with prayer it ends in what in wisdom that was how i was so excited when that wisdom was being executed and if wisdom comes like that the effect is powerful now moses takes a rod and he he leaves it that's what we saw but you see in the heavens it was when moses lifted that rod that god now released breath from his nostrils because it was the psalmist that revealed to us that it was the breath of his nostrils that he, he used to part now that was a spiritual reaction but uh, until moses comes into that alignment point where he lives the breath won't come so that wisdom is actually a, a technique to come into alignment with the forces that have been deployed to operate in your city in your city in your land in your family when you operate by that wisdom those forces you are in perfect alignment with them and their power is released even though it may look foolish when the wisdom comes to you hallelujah so the second thing is what the principle of setting our face. Third point, because we are going to practice all of these things right now. Third point is that in this prophetic warfare, you don't advance into it until you can name the adversary. You don't just come and say, Every power! Of my father's house. No. Not every power. You you can't achieve eh, this. Mm. <laughs> you need precision to do work in the spirit. In the coven, they are calling your name. Even your village name, they are calling it. <laughs> That's why when they begin to do calamity comes to you, even if if it's you they are attacking you and your husband are lying down eh? your husband will be sorry because they didn't call his name how do you think you can fight back by saying every power and you know the more you are promoted the demons that have clearance to operate around you change hallelujah just like the attacks I'm, I'm receiving now i don't think i've ever received them before 
I can't explain something because if I explain some things, you'll not believe. You'll not think it's, it's true. You think I'm mad. So I had to, I had to adjust my bed and to do what? To set my see there, there's a level to which you grow eh? even you yourself know you can't be careless now and so you must come to a point where you can name i will tell you the process the procedure because most of you two have been receiving visions like this i want you to know how to handle them now when you receive a vision an insight a revelation and the objective that you are supposed to contend with is not clear. It means God is calling you to pray and to ask for more insight. You need a very clear curriculum before you start spiritual warfare. Very clear. It's not something you just wake up and say, they come yesterday. No, you may need to do some research. Before you gather all the equipment together, because if you set the coordinates, it must work. This time, it's not me that is teaching. No, this one is Baba himself that called the prophet and began to teach him. You see someone, something opposing the ministry, opposing the ministry, opposing the ministry. Or you can see signs in the natural of what? Or something withstanding the ministry from attaining to its full potential. It's time for you to research. Now, if, you know, I know a lot of research is going on about HIV. If a discovery is made about it and a drug is produced, don't you think that drug can kill it? The research is concluded. Breakthrough comes. That breakthrough is wisdom. And you, are, you administer the drug to a patient. It will be cured because the drug is specific on the HIV. At that point, it's no longer a mystery. At that point, that which you are working with is no longer a mystery. We can formulate capsules that can address it. A lot of us go into spiritual warfare without having the requisite details required for us to create permanent damage to the enemy. The menace of the Fulani can be stopped if we have insight. Hallelujah. We went to do evangelism and in 111 in Wadata. And as we were preaching and preaching, laid hands on a few people and there were results. So the people's heart now opened to us. Say, Pastor, the reason why we have been careful to allow you to talk is that there is a shrine inside. We are all tied to it. So this, your power, we believe it. Come. Remove that thing. <laughs> now, you see, we were not invited into a matter that we did not prepare for at home. There is this one thing there. Remove it. Hallelujah. And we went, this time was not with boldness. So there, was, there was confusion. Oh, there. Maybe if you touch it, maybe something. But there was, but you see, we had preached. We had already preached. So, and we couldn't decline at that point. Has it happened to you before? We had already presented the gospel and proclaimed that our God was all powerful. Now they were invited. They say, the reason why it's not as if we are tied to something. Follow us. So, 
you know, this thing is supernatural. We need to touch Baba to shape some things. When I went there, took the child. I thought that if I touch it, I will fall down. But I touched it. Uh, I carried it. Came outside. Poor kerosene. When I burnt it. One man didn't talk. He was standing far away. Until when the thing now burned to ashes. That's, I believe now. <laughs> you have to address that thing. Before Baba will believe. The Baba will be standing far away. But if the thing can be burnt off. Baba will come out. And so we need to be specific about this matter. You see a, 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 a vision, a dream that hides the details. Alright? Begin to seek for it. Begin to seek for it. It might take two months for you to get all the... You know we don't persevere. Spiritual business is not hit and wrong. It's a lifelong reality. You will have to sit down and put... And if you are not faithful to the visions of Son of Man, it will cease. It will see, you won't see again. If he comes and visits you with one, you didn't do anything about it. He comes and he visits you with another one, you, you allow it to go. You will stop coming. That's why when you say we should ask God for mercy, hey, that was, you hit it. In fact, you were God. You were in heaven this morning. It's on the strength of that that I want to share this so that we can do something today. Hallelujah. And you see things, but you, are, you can't see clearly. It happens like that sometimes. And whenever you don't understand the things you see, it means God is calling you to pray. The truth is this. If you can speak in tongues on that matter, 30, 45 minutes, you will, you will break through on that matter. But you see, most times we don't press on issues. When we're on the Holy Land, he had a vision in his room. I had a vision in my own room. When I met, we shared. And we knew better. There's now one hall upstairs. We used to resort there to pray, to unravel, for God to unravel secret communications. I think we benefited most. Me and him benefited most from that. Because one guy came and on the third day, he said, my pilgrimage don't finish. That one, eh? He's a tourist. So we, we went up there and began to, it was in that prayer, as we were praying together, that the things began to open and it began to make sense. So sometimes God will give you some visions and he will test to see if you are a responsible man. It will be in a coded language. You will seek interpretation of those things. When you have gotten all the integers and all the factors, you should be able to name the adversary. It was Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Is that not clear enough? So you know what and who you are contending with. And then, even though his political name is Pharaoh, king of Egypt, sometimes the Lord goes into details, not every time, but he goes into details 
and shows you the power he's operating with. In the case of Pharaoh, Pharaoh was operating with the power of a dragon. And if you are going to set your face, you are going to set your face and you'll be speaking to the dragon, which is the power behind the throne of Pharaoh. Now, in this kind of prayer, as much as you can mix tongues with it, this kind of prayer are prayers of decrees. And it is advisable for you to use your understanding. Notice, God himself took responsibility to give the prophet the words to speak. Many of you, the salvation of your family members and your mouth and the things you were supposed to do to act on some of the visions that God gave you, you were careless about them and you, are, you no longer receive such visions because God cannot entrust you again with the responsibility of ensuring that they are brought out of the mouth of the lion. Now, let's see the words that God put in the mouth of the prophet. He says, speak and say, thus saith the Lord God. That is to say, the utterances he was speaking were not his own formulated utterances. After you have seen the enemy, you also ask God to give you the utterance, the words to speak in order to cut him down. These words must be handed out by God himself. I know that another way to go about it is having known the enemy, you can search the Bible to look for what God says about that kind of enemy. That's an option. Are you with me? And you can lift it from the scriptures and then put it in your mouth. It is not your word. It is God's word and God's perspective concerning the matter and you utter it. Thus said the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, Pharaoh king of Egypt, the great dragon which lieth in the midst of the rivers. Now, you see, God was so merciful to us in this scripture by revealing to us the philosophy of the dragon. The philosophy and the way of the dragon is ownership. The dragon that lies in the midst of the rivers that says that the rivers are mine. Now if you look carefully at the way the Fulani people operate, they are claiming some ownership. And just the story that you raised, that Makodi is what? Mekudi. That's the way of the dragon. That the land that your father, your great-grandfather, farmed on and lived on suddenly there's a man that is coming to claim it his ownership that's the way of the dragon the dragon lays claim to territories claim to families and he lays a very strong claim at that and so the prophet had to be taught how to address such a situation he says, speak my words, not your own. I am against you. 
Those were the words that he received to speak concerning the dragon. Hallelujah. What we are dealing with is a dragon type phenomenon. And in addressing the dragon, the words of God is, I am against you. Notice that, you know, in as much as most of our fathers taught us hmm, that Jesus, that the perspective of Jesus is love. That's a point to the matter. That's not all the truth about the matter. Because it was the spirit of Christ that was in Paul when he rebuked and cursed Elimas, the sorcerer. Was that not the human being? What spirit moved him? Because the Bible clearly stated there that he was filled with what? And when he's being filled in the Holy Spirit, found an enemy in a human, a mortar. You know, the scripture should be our yardstick, not a philosophy. There are times when the spirit of judgment comes upon you to resist a man. Notice in this scripture, it says what? I'm against you, Pharaoh. Pharaoh is who? A man. And God puts that responsibility upon you to execute that process. I'm not saying, God is not judgment. God is love. Judgment is a, is a tributary of love. God does not judge every day, as you know. Not every day he judges. So we cannot set up a platform we are judging every day. No. But there are times when God judges. And you need to know that it's the saints that will execute the judgment that is written. So he gives you utterance not just to contend with spirits. He gives you utterance so that you can contend with men that are in league with spirits to facilitate procedures that will truncate his purpose in eternity. He is against the spirits. He is also against what? The men. Are you with me? Please take note of that. He, he addresses men too. And that's why the only one that is capable of stirring us to pray effectively, his name is called the Holy Ghost. Just in case one day he puts some judgment in your lips. And you say, ah, no, in Bible study we were taught that. Hallelujah. I, my own Bible knowledge, I didn't limit it to what I got from Bible study. It's progressive. And I adjust to accommodate the scriptures as I, as I stumble upon new light. I don't cast the old away, but I make provision for the new insight. The Lord give you understanding. Because the old is our foundation. We can't cast it away. But we make provision for new things that we saw that was not captured in the teachings of the old. Me, I cause full of new people. And I cause them with a bitter curse. There's an anointing I've received. When you don't know it's an it's anointing, anointing comes for you to curse. In fact, God says, curse meros. 
That's Baba. You don't know that God. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He say what? Cause meros with a bitter cause. That means put bitter leaf in the cause before you administer it. Let it not just hurt. When it, let it not just wound them. Let it wound them bitterly. It's God that said that. Me, I want to be like everything that God is. I want to be a small version of it here. So I cause to. Not by my own will. But there are times that the Holy Ghost can stir you to do that. Don't resist him. Number two. I hope you know it's the Holy Ghost. It's God himself that answers prayer. All we can do is what? Pray. If the prayer is not valid and if it's not according to the will of God, I hope you know it will have no effect. And so let's allow God. Don't limit him in your own life. Me, I curse. And the Lord give you understanding. I'm teaching you because the only way we can administer this one today is by a curse. I went to preach somewhere. So the guy now told me that he has already prospered. Why do I think he is? He has need for my God. I said, okay. I will show him the power of my God in a strange way. I will cause his business. <coughs> no, we still evangelism. It's evangelism. It's the evangelism. So I caused the business. The last time, this is like 10 years ago. He's a conductor now. I'm looking for him now to finish the other part of the message because he didn't end with the course. The course was just to make him see how much he needs God. I think on the hand of that car, he's conducting. He has seen the need for God now. So, we'll go in again with the gospel to finish the message. We are going to pray today. What we are dealing with is a dragon. A dragon believes that you, your father, your mother, and your, your child that is unborn it must be a slave. Uh, you know, some of us have been in the north before. And we have seen the things that have taken place there. Some of us around here are not used to that. We were forged by that fire. And we had to search the scriptures more in-depthly to find answers to the matter. In this kind of case, you must curse. Can we pray today? We want to release a curse. He says, set thy face. What does it mean when he says, I am against you? It's a curse. Because God says to Abraham that I will curse him that curses you. And I will bless him that blesses you. You know that thing they do before they go to fight? They have cursed us. 
It's a, it's a bitter cost they are releasing. We have to reciprocate it. That is how this kind of battle is for. And when you live here, set your face. If 50 people from here can set their face that this darkness will recede, they will look for another ground to look to, to conquer. Because when the causes begin to move in a bitter way, hmm, spiritual people will stand back. If this prayer was a prayer that was set against Pharaoh, this one prophet, it means that you one you and one me who can cause a lot of havoc. The Lord will help us.